Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's breakfast time in Australia where Andrew Mertens will have just finished his 10K run and has come in, uh, probably sweating profusely, have a shower and then tuck into his cornflakes and then head off to work. That's the way I see it anyway. Uh, the great Mertz is with us now as uh, we look forward to a weekend uh, which introduces a new form of uh, rugby or is it an old form again in super trans-Tasman rugby. Look forward to that. Uh, Mertz, good morning to you. Uh, how, how are things tracking for you in Australia, mate? Nice to talk to you, mate. I am sweating. Um, it's nothing to do with running, obviously, but finally we've got the sun over here. We've had about three months of pretty constant rain and... Uh, a few warmer days just at the end of summer, so that's quite nice. So, as you know, I've got a fairly low tolerance to heat being from the South Island, so struggling a little bit at times, but no, chipping away over here and looking forward very much to, to heading down to Melbourne uh, tomorrow morning to uh, to start prepping for the Super Round, which will be fantastic. Been looking forward to this for a long time, not just the Super Round, but the fact that New Zealand and Australian teams uh, will be playing one another, and obviously the Island teams will be playing one another in a proper competition. So, uh, very exciting, and you're not, you're not getting the trip across. No, not this time round. We're just sending Marshall. We kind of figure Marshall and Mertens together again. Nice little reunion there would be good. So uh, it'll be it'll be the old combo there. So look out. Uh, you won't have to look out for him. He will, he'll be the well, guy we with should, the. Uh, our mouths yeah. off together on Sunday. I think we're, we're on the Crusaders <laughs> Rebels commentary together. Now that won't be biased at all, will it? <laughs> no, not a, not at all. Hey, let's start on your your old mates, the Crusaders. Uh, I imagine you uh, had a, a sort of a, a bit of a browse at the game against the Blues. What did you make of that? Awesome. Just love watching it. I love watching the, the games coming in from New Zealand. I mean, they're at a good time over here. It's sort of five o'clock latest. So it comes on before the Aussie games. Um, and uh, just fantastic. I mean, obviously disappointed for the Crusaders, but uh, I mean, those sort of results are always good for the competition. You know, 2004 since the Blues have won down in Christchurch. So it's a big moment for them. And the footy was just, as, as you guys all saw, was frenetic and, and fantastic. The skill level's amazing, the speed of it, and, you know, the, the game's just going down to the wire are fantastic. Crusaders have had three weeks in a row of it. You know, they've had to yeah. um, defend against the Highlanders and the Hurricanes in the last few minutes, getting everything thrown at them. They, well, you know, boot was on the other foot in the weekend and didn't quite get there, but uh, no, fantastic from the Blues and... Good to see Barrett and Moonga eyeballing one another. You know, the two premium fly halves up against one another and both went well and, and, and great to see particularly Barrett and, you know, getting sort of back to his full form after getting a head knock and, and getting some space and some freedom and being involved in everything that the, the Blues did well. Mertz, will that, that type of game, that exhibition that we saw uh, last Friday night, will that, will that have sent a message to the Australian teams will, or will they fully be aware of what's coming? Oh, I think they've, they've been watching the games for a few weeks. I mean, they've obviously been focused on one another. It's, it's a slightly different game over here. And um, we found last year in the Trans-Tasman that the Australian teams actually attacked a lot better, scored more points and looked more fluid than they did when they were playing against one another because I think their defensive systems over here, that it's like the defence uh, has a bit of an easier time in Australian rugby 
um, nullifying the attack. And I don't think that happens when you're playing against New Zealand teams. So, you know, New Zealand teams like the, the, the fast game and, and quick ball and everything like that. And I think Australian teams look at that and think, OK, yes, they're incredibly dangerous from everywhere. But also it means there are opportunities for us if we get turnovers and if we're, you know, accurate. So I think that's the the main challenge for the Australian teams is the accuracy of the passing and, and getting the ball movement, getting the ball into space because there is plenty of talent around. They've played for, mm-hmm. you know, probably a couple of decades now. They've really focused on a, a really hyper-structured game, believing that that was the strength of the Brumbies from back in the day. Now, the Brumbies were very organised, but most of their strengths came from fantastic decision-making from the likes of Gregan and Larkham and Rod Kafer and Joe Roth and that lot, you know. So it's been a bit misunderstood here, but as a result, you know, the last two decades, like I say, there's just been so much structure and organisation. They're very good at that here, but I don't think it helps them sometimes when the game breaks up, and that's where New Zealand rugby has been so so strong and ahead of the rest for years. You know, I, I, I like to think that the Australian teams will launch and, and just have a go. They need, they know they need to make up points. Um, you know, the, the likes of the Reds and the Brumbies will be giving it everything, and they've got lots of talent throughout their teams, lots of Wallabies across both those teams, the Waratahs are stronger this year as well. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a walkover. Do I think the Australian teams are overall going to have better results against the New Zealand teams? No, I don't. But um, I think, you know, they'll, they'll give it a good crack. Pace, physicality. I wrote down the two Ps. How does it compare? How does it compare? Will they get a comeuppance from the outset? I thought there might have been notes for, you know, coming on to talk to me, mate. <laughs> pace and physicality. <laughs> pace, of, pace of the mouth is about it. Um, yeah, so that, that, that probably is the key. But, but, but similarly for the New Zealand team, they're, they're probably going to find the games a little bit tighter than what they've been used to playing against one another. So that brings its own challenges in terms of, you know, not, not forcing things a little bit too much and, and making too many errors and giving away the ball. Because, you know, the Australian teams, when they get the ball, they can hold on to it for a while and, and, and frustrate the opposition. So... You know, there, there will be challenges, absolutely. Pace and physicality for the Australian team, but also I, I think the skill level and the ball movement is, is going to be their challenge. And I think for New Zealand, just um, just playing that slightly different game, being a bit more circumspect at times, you don't want to completely go away from your instincts, obviously, but um, they just got to be, be mindful that, that Australia will probably try and slow down the game and go, you know, a little bit more to set pace and uh, and, and be a bit more structured with their play. So it's it's... Shapes this pretty intriguing weekend, saying that, you know, the first time these teams are all playing against one another. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on to a couple of the matchups shortly, Mets, but one of the things that's been very concerning over here, I'm not sure if it's <coughs> just because of this year or is there something different in the water, but discipline has been an issue everyone's been talking about on Monday mornings. We've had a lot of cards over here, and uh, a lot of them are for uh, points of contact, shoulder on head, etc. like that. Is it something you've been seeing over there as well, or not to the same extent? Yeah, mate, absolutely, it's been over here, I think. And I've got to be careful here, Smith, because you know what I've been like about referees over the years. And it is a, it is a tough gig. There's a lot of things to look at. And I don't think there's a lot of consistency at the moment. That's probably the one accusation I would always level at the referees. There, there hasn't been much consistency. And there, there seems to always be a bit of a condescending attitude towards the players, which I don't like. But that's by the by. Let's move on from that. Um, it's hard to get consistency because a lot of these actions, when you slow them down and, and the slow motion replays and, and stuff, they look a lot worse than what they are. And it looks like the players got a lot more time to make decisions. So I don't think we're, we're using a lot of common sense in a lot of these decisions. But 
what's obvious is we is we just do need to start targeting a lot lower in the tackles, and that is for safety. And, and to ultimately, I think it's going to going to lead to a much better um, spectacle for rugby because you know the lower the tackles you get, the more you'll get offloads and continuity. Um, the, the the more you're likely to get just attacking teams being able to go forward a little bit easier rather than get nullified and just stopped really quickly in their tracks, which which leads to a, a bit of a dogfight at the breakdown and, and a slower game. So I think ultimately it's for the good of rugby if we just get, get players targeting a lot lower. And they've only got themselves to blame if they are genuinely going in targeting too high. But in saying that, some of the decisions that have been made, like Matt Tuamua got a yellow card uh, a couple of weeks back when the, the player actually slipped and, and lowered himself massively going into contact. Tuamua had set up to hit pretty low, and he ended up hitting high, and that was just a, a, a bit of an... Like, it was seemed idiotic um, that, that that didn't take, get taken into account. So I don't think the referees are very good at determining mitigating factors, and I think we're starting at the wrong point. I mean, that's a whole other conversation there, Smitty. I could go for a couple of hours on this, and I'm sure you don't want that. But I think we're starting with the result and then trying to work out if there's any mitigation. Whereas I think if, if, if at any point you see that there's mitigation because the players slipped, accidents are going to happen. And I think if we start at that point rather than starting with the result, then it's going to be a lot more, there's going to be a lot more common sense in, in, in the outcomes that we're getting. You know, without a doubt, it's uh, red cards not as bad on the team these days because you only miss them for 20 minutes and stuff. And, and they're just a lot more widespread so there's not kind of a stigma around red cards anymore I'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing the teams are learning to deal with it and you know what if it's one way to bring teams down to 14 and 13 men and create more space on the field so uh, ultimately maybe it's a good thing I don't want to see people getting injured and stuff but uh, I just think we've got to address the fact that it's not particularly consistent I don't think there's a lot of rugby common sense going into a lot of the decisions at the moment Okay, can we just, um, it's, uh, I've, got, I've put a ring around three games I'd, I'd quite like you to just to touch on. Um, uh, there's a double, an interesting double header on Friday to launch the whole deal. Chiefs Waratahs hasn't been a sparkling season by any stretch of the imagination for the Chiefs. Uh, but the Waratahs, are they still a bit of a whipping boy scenario or are they on the improve? No, they're, they're on the improve this year. Um, probably just a bit of a stronger roster. Firstly, they've got a, a few players who are, um, I think standing up a little bit more in terms of the senior players. They've gone most of the season without um, Michael Hooper. He only just started his first game last weekend. So they've been going all right. They've got the likes of Jed Holloway, who's leading things up front. Um, they've got a good scrum. Uh, they've got a really good midfield of Fichetti and Peresi. So um, we saw a little bit of that last, last year, but that, that combination has really developed a lot better now as well. Um, they've got a, a three young fly halves competing for that spot here, Edmed, Donaldson and uh, Harrison, and, and they're all going pretty well as well. So they're getting, getting better ball. A lot of the younger players in the squad who had their first season last season, it was a pretty tough one. They've come through that sort of adversity having learnt from that, and so they've improved as well. So Waratahs have definitely improved. Are they in a position to challenge someone like the Chiefs? Well, if the Chiefs are in the sort of rampant form that we see uh, patches of now and then, I don't think so. But um, mm. it is going to be an interesting one as well because, you know, they're, they're, they're big blokes, the, the Waratahs, and they have the potential to, you know, lock down the game quite well as well. So, no, pretty interesting. It's, it's, I don't think that'll be one-way traffic, but you just never know with the Chiefs. They can tear anyone to shreds, can't they? Yeah, and, oh, they can. 
I can if they get in the mood. There's no doubt about that. I'll tell you who else. Uh, we've just seen them for uh, half a season, but if Moana Pacifica get in the mood as well, um, they'll... Uh, they're quite, they can be likely as well. They've picked up a win. I think they've gone a little bit better than a lot of people anticipate, and they're up against the force. And I, I think this is quite a nice little uh, barometer game for me, just to see where their development is at. Yeah, it really is a good one because the force. What, what they've certainly got is they've got a lot of heart. They've got a lot of tenacity. They hang in games right to the end. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it doesn't look pretty, but um, they've. Like I said, it's the best way to describe it. They've got heart. They can't come in under the radar like they did a little bit last year, and they got some really, really good results. Made the playoffs over here last year. I think just partly because of the fact teams didn't quite respect them as much as they should. So you do have to respect them because, like I say, they can stick in it for 80 minutes and uh, just keep swinging. So um, they look really don't have probably the firepower where you'd expect them to, to challenge a team with the talent of Moana Pasixta. But they do do things as a team. They've got a lot of cohesion and, um, yeah, just basically guts it out. So it is, a, it is a big challenge for Moana. I would think if Moana has a good game, they've got the, the firepower to you know, crack through the, the, the force defence um, and, and with some continuity make it really hard for the force. But it is going to be a, yeah, a really, really interesting uh, match-up some of the year on. Uh, and I like uh, the other one uh, really stands out for me is against the Highlanders who have played some pretty good rugby but have not had a lot of things go their way and not a lot of points to show for it uh, against your top dogs, the Brumbies. I, I like that match as well. Yeah, so do I. And it'll be... They've got a really good history. It's an interesting game, that Highlanders-Brumbies game. That's going back 25-odd years. The, the battles that we've seen, particularly across in Carisbrook in the old days, They've just got a really good history of, of matches, these two clubs. So, um, the, the Brumbies tend to start really well. Um, they're really organised at the start. They look the goods. They look a million dollars. So they'll, they'll hit the ground running for the first 20, 25 minutes. Then they've tended over here not really to go on with it. They haven't really put teams away like maybe they could or should have. So they've got so much talent right through the back line, basically full of Wallabies, although they're missing a couple at the moment. Tom Banks is still out with a... I think a broken cheekbone, but they've got a lot of talent in the back line. But like I say, just it, it's like they, they start off with a hiss and a roar and just muddle through it a little bit. And I think just the, the unorthodox play of the Highlanders will be, you know, probably, yeah, it's going to be a tight game. But I, I think if the Highlanders, you know, play a decent game, they can get there. But um, it certainly wouldn't be a turn up if. I think it's the uh, lowest New Zealand team at the moment, only on results, as you say. They've been a bit unlucky. They've been close on so many occasions. The Highlanders, that Crusaders result was a good example of how their season's sort of gone. Just not quite there, but so close. So, you know, if they were to tip up the, the sort of Australian top dogs or equal top dogs, that might be quite interesting. So there's another interesting game. I mean, I keep saying it and sitting on the fence and saying it's just going to be an interesting game, but it really is. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Busy, though. I mean... God, these players only have to do one game, but you got the broadcast teams, you know what it's like, Smithy. It's pretty gruelling. You've got to get down there and cover sort of six yeah. games. It's tough. <laughs> I know, mate. And that, that, you know, the fact that you're only going three days in advance, uh, you know, with such a long journey for you, too, is quite interesting. <laughs> we just got to work out the logistics for post match. Where's the closest place just to go and decompress straight away afterwards? I'm, I'm anticipating Sunday night will be a good old catch up with, uh, with Marshy. I think Mills is across as well, so. Um, I am yeah. looking forward to that, and it's like I say, it's just nice to get that the competition back to a, a sort of a full competition again. Look forward to your call, Mertz, and uh, as always, appreciate your your time on the show this morning. 
Go well, mate. Enjoy the weekend. We certainly will be from, from over here. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.